0: Welcome to another episode of the Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Lena Hutchison. I'm very pleased to be joined by... Dylan Okendo. And Melissa Murray. Welcome to the Exploring Art Podcast. In this episode, we're going to discover what it means to read a garden. How do you read a garden? What kind of gardens can be read? What messages can gardens convey? All of these questions and more will be answered on this episode of the Exploring Art Podcast. Today, we're delving into the fascinating life of a man whose contributions to art, landscape architecture, and conservation have left an indelible mark on history. Join me as we unravel the story of William Kent. Born in 1685, William Kent was a polymath of the 18th century, making his mark in various fields during a time of cultural and artistic transformation in England initially trained as a sign and coach painter. Kent's artistic talents quickly caught the attention of those in influential circles. Kent's journey took a significant turn when he traveled to Italy in the early 18th century. The Italian landscape, classical art, and architecture inspired him deeply, shaping his artistic vision. Upon his return to England, Kent's style evolved, blending Italian aesthetics with his own innovative flair. But it wasn't just painting that occupied Kent's mind. He ventured into the realm of landscape architecture, a discipline still in its infancy. Kent played a pivotal role in transition from formal, geometric gardens to more naturalistic landscapes, a style that would later become known as the English landscape garden. One of Kent's most famous projects is the design of the gardens at Chiswick House. His vision emphasized the beauty of the natural landscape, incorporating winding paths, strategically placed groves, and serene water features. The result was a departure from the rigid structure of previous garden designs, reflecting a harmonious blend between art and nature. Kent's talents weren't confined to the canvas or the garden alone. His influence extended to the realm of architecture. He collaborated with the likes of Lord Burlington on projects such as Holcomb Hall, where his architectural innovations helped shape the Palladian style in England. He was not only an artist and designer, but also a pioneer in the realm of conservation. Kent's passion for preserving the natural environment is evident in his advocacy for the protection of ancient trees and landscapes. In retrospect, William Kent's legacy is a testament to the power of interdisciplinary creativity. His influence transcended artistic boundaries, leaving an enduring impact on English art, architecture, and the way we perceive and interact with the natural world. You might be wondering why this information is relevant. Well, William Kent was no ordinary landscape artist. His brush strokes didn't just paint pretty pictures, they wove stories into the fabric of nature. Now let's set the scene. 18th century England, Chiswick House, enter the Elysian Fields. But. What are the Elysian Fields, you ask? Well, they're not just a garden, they're a living, breathing narrative, named after the Elysian Fields of Greek mythology, a heavenly paradise for the blessed, Kent's vision was to create a garden that transcended the mundane and transported visitors to a realm of beauty and contemplation. It wasn't about symmetry and formality, it was about the natural flow, an intentional design that encouraged exploration and connection with the environment. But why were the Elysian Fields so groundbreaking? They represented a departure from the rigid geometric gardens of the time. Kent aimed to create an immersive experience, a harmonious dialogue between art and nature that invited contemplation and introspection. The meaning behind the Elysian Fields goes beyond the visual aesthetics. Kent believed that gardens should evoke emotions and tell stories. Every element, from the placement of the trees to the meandering paths, was carefully considered to create a narrative, a journey for those who wandered through. It's not just about what you see, it's about how the garden makes you feel. Kent's Elysian fields were an ode to the idea that nature could be a source of inspiration, a canvas for the human experience. As we meander through the lush paths of the Elysian fields, we find ourselves not just in a garden, but in a narrative, the intentional design the fusion of art and nature, and the commitment to conservation elevate Kent's masterpiece to more than just a collection of plants, it's a living, breathing symphony of meaning. Stowe Gardens, also known as the Elysian Fields, hold a special place in the history of landscape design. The gardens underwent significant transformations during the 18th century with notable contributions from landscape architects like William Kent. Kent's design at Stowe introduced the distinctive elements that set it apart from contemporary landscapes of the time. One is natural landscaping. Kent departed from the rigid formal designs of the 17th century and embraced a more naturalistic approach. Kent created a landscape that mimicked the beauty of nature, setting Stowe apart from the symmetrical and geometric gardens of its contemporaries. Kent also seamlessly blended architectural structures with the natural landscape. Classical temples, bridges, and other architectural elements were strategically placed, not as standalone features, but as integral parts of the overall landscape. This integration created a harmonious relationship between the built environment and the surrounding nature. Kent also incorporated whimsical follies and garden structures into the design. These structures, often with classical influences, served both aesthetic and functional purposes. They added visual interest and provided focal points within the garden, contributing to picturesque quality of the landscape. Kent introduced symbolic and allegorical elements throughout the gardens. Each section of the garden was designed with a specific theme or narrative in mind, creating a layered and meaningful experience for visitors. The use of symbolism added intellectual depth to the aesthetics of the landscape. The gardens were designed to be experienced sequentially with a focus on creating a narrative journey. Visitors were invited to move throughout the landscape, encountering different scenes and emotions. This intentional progression was a departure from static garden designs, contributing to a dynamic and evolving experience. Kent's work at Stowe reflected the changing philosophy of the time. The shift towards a more romantic and picturesque style anticipated the later landscape movement. Kent's innovative approach at Stowe laid the groundwork for the English landscaped garden style, influencing subsequent generations of landscape architects. In summary, William Kent's design at Stowe Gardens was characterized by a departure from formality, a seamless integration of architecture with nature, a rich layering of symbolism, and a a dynamic sequential experience for visitors. These distinctive elements set Stowe apart from contemporary landscapes and left an enduring impact on the evolution of landscape design in
1: England. Okay, yeah, and to add on to that... Imagine lush greens, winding paths, and architectural masterpiece. There were temples, follies, and grottles that were just like some stone structures that added the core to the space. And like, why would you want just flowers when you can have a temple out in the back, right? And then like fast forwarding to today, all of our gardens are more modern and they have like a sleek vibe and very minimalistic. It's like the 18th century was all about Let's build a palace in the backyard. And now we're more into the less is more mentality, which I'm not that big of a fan of. In the enchanting landscape of Stoll, Elysian Fields, every architectural stone has its own symbolism. For instance, the Temple of Ancient Virtue, standing tall in odds of glory, represented a reverence for classical antiquity and the values of ancient civilization, particularly like Greece and Rome. It also conveyed a message of, like, respect for moral and intellectual values that these cultures valued. On the other hand, the Temple of Modern Virtue celebrated the virtues of the present and potential for progress and improvement in society. It also sends a message of contemporary ideals and values, which kind of bridges the past and present together. And then... The Temple of British Worthies stands as a tribute to local heroes, shouting out the greatness of British virtue. So, as visitors wander through Stowe's Garden, they essentially take a stroll through a gallery of symbolic tales etched into that stone and that architecture.
2: Thank you. Next, we're going to shift gears a bit and talk about what it means to read a garden. I know when I first heard that, I was a little confused because. I don't think you can read a garden unless you're such an empath that you can talk to plants. But, after upon further research, I realized that it's kind of like reading a text or reading a painting. Though it might not contain language or words, there's still a way to evaluate and observe a garden that touches upon its different themes or messages that might not be super plain to see. Now we're gonna talk about some similarities between reading a garden, a painting, and a text. So all of these have the potential to tell stories, convey messages, or evoke emotions. In gardens, elements like sculptures, architectural features, and plant choices can all carry symbolic meaning. In literary texts, words and narratives are used for storytelling and in paintings, visual elements serve as symbols or storytelling tools. Next is layers of meaning and interpretation and subjectivity. Viewers and readers bring their own perspectives and interpretations to these art forms. What one person finds in a garden, a text, or a painting may differ from what another person sees. And the interpretation is often shaped by personal experiences and cultural background. I know for me, I love gardens. I grew up seeing them as some mystical gateway to some greater realm. And that's because I grew up reading The Secret Garden and other books of that nature, which is really funny given the context we're looking at these things now. But I grew up seeing them as something so amazing and ethereal while someone else might see it as just a bunch of plants grouped together. This is why interpretation is so important and again a really big similarity between all three art forms. And to touch upon that further, another similarity is emotional engagement. All three forms of art have the potential to elicit emotional responses Gardens can create a sense of tranquility or even excitement, literature can evoke empathy or provoke thought, and paintings can elicit a wide range of emotions from joy to melancholy. Now, to touch upon some of the differences, the biggest one, I think, is the sensory experience. Gardens are very unique in that they engage multiple senses simultaneously, while texts and paintings primarily engage the visual and, to some extent, the imaginative or emotional senses, gardens involve sight, sound, touch, and even smell. The immersive sensory experience of a garden is distinct from the more abstract engagement with texts and paintings. Gardens are dynamic and change with seasons over time. A literary text and a painting are static and they remain the same once created. This temporal aspect of gardens add another layer of complexity to the reading experience as the garden is never the same on each visit. And lastly, it's physical interaction. Gardens invite physical interactions in a way that literary texts and paintings do not. Visitors can walk through a garden, touch plants, sit on benches, and engage with the space in a physical and embodied manner. This physicality sets gardens apart from the more passive forms of art consumption. In summary, reading a garden shares some common elements with interpreting literary texts and paintings such as symbolism, subjectivity, layers of meaning, and emotional engagement. However, gardens offer a sensory, dynamic, and physicality that creates a different experience that distinguishes them from the more traditional forms of literature and visual arts. Each form of artistic expression has its unique strengths and characteristics, making them valuable in their own right. Next, let's talk about gardens as an artistic medium. And while we're at it, let's consider whether gardens can be considered a form of art and if it can relate to other art forms. The blooming garden touches upon the subject very well. Gardens can indeed be considered a form of art and a medium for artistic expression. The design and layout of a garden reflect the creative vision of its designer and definitely has parallels with other traditional art forms. Here's how the design and layout of a garden reflect the artist's expression and how it can relate to other forms of art. Firstly. Let's look at the aesthetic intent. Garden designers use various elements such as plants, sculptures, architectural, and water features to create a specific visual aesthetic. For example, using a bridge to perfectly encapsulate a lake that you might've implemented in the garden. It's definitely something that adds to the atmosphere of the garden or beautiful flowers among other beautiful flowers in a specific portion the choice of colors textures and shapes all reflect the designer's artistic intent much like a painter selecting colors and brushstrokes next and a very important <laughs> a very important point composition and balance gardens like paintings and sculptures rely on principles of composition and balance Designers carefully arrange elements within the garden to create a harmonious and visually pleasing whole. The interplay of space, form, and scale is akin to the composition in a painting or the balance in sculpture. Next, let's talk about symbolism and meaning. Just as literature and visual arts often carry symbolic and thematic messages, gardens can be rich in symbolism. Designers use various elements in the garden to convey specific messages or evoke emotions, similar to how writers use words or painters use images to convey meaning. Lastly, we've got change. Evolution and change. With gardens, unlike traditional static forms of art, are dynamic and change with seasons over time. The evolution of a garden over the years can be compared to the way art moves or styles change and evolve in the world of painting and other visual arts. In summary, gardens can be considered a distinct form of art and artistic expression. The design and layout of a garden are a manifestation of the designer's creative vision, similar to how a canvas and a palette reflect the painter's vision or how words on a page reflect the writer's imagination. The relationship between garden design and other art forms is one of shared principles such as aesthetic, composition, symbolism, and emotional impact, while gardens have their unique qualities including the dynamic and immersive nature of the experiences they offer. Elaborating further on what it means to read a garden, there are various types. Beginning with contemporary gardens, modern and contemporary gardens often embrace innovative design materials and technology to convey messages related to sustainability, urban living and artistic experimentation. They can be used to explore social, current societal and environmental themes. Next is Japanese gardens. Japanese gardens are highly symbolic and convey messages related to Zen philosophy, harmony with nature and the transience of life. Elements like stone lanterns, bridges, and raked gravel patterns have specific meaning. Next is botanical gardens. These gardens serve as living museums of plant diversity. They convey messages about the importance of biodiversity, conservation, and the beauty and utility of plants from around the world. A great example of this is the Fairchild Garden located in South Florida.
1: Then we have like historical gardens and these gardens are designed to represent a specific historical period or place and they oftentimes have like the authentic plants that were found during that time uh, as well as like the architecture and design elements that tell that historical story providing like insight into that culture, lifestyle, and like the aesthetics of the past. Some examples is like when you see um, the arches and they'll have like maybe like a different artwork that relates towards like the Roman Empire and stuff like that. Then we also have themed gardens, which they just have um, an overall theme that incorporates the entire garden, such as like butterfly gardens or like healing gardens and sensory gardens. And they aim to convey messages related to their themes. Like for instance, the butterfly garden, um, they may try to like educate people that visit about like butterflies and like their role in the ecosystem. And then we have like meditative gardens or like Zen gardens that use very minimalistic designs and they arrange different parts of the garden to encourage inner reflection and like convey different messages of like tranquility, mindfulness, and oftentimes you've seen them with like that sand pattern that like puts you into a trance almost. Roof
0: gardens, as you can tell from the name, are located on building rooftops These gardens can often convey messages about urban sustainability, energy efficiency, and the potential for green spaces in densely populated areas. Uh, These can especially be found uh, right nearby in downtown Miami. Uh, Cottage gardens are informal and charming gardens. They often convey a message of nostalgia, simplicity, and a connection to the past. They may evoke a sense of home, tradition, and self-sufficiency. Sculpture gardens are gardens that incorporate sculptures as integral elements and convey messages that can range from artistic expression and aesthetics to social or political commentary. Wildlife gardens are gardens that are designed to attract and support local wildlife. They convey messages about the importance of biodiversity, conservation and coexistence with nature and are also very commonly found here in, our, in, here,
2: here in Florida. In essence, The ability to read a garden in terms of its messages or narratives often depend on the garden's thematic focus, its design elements, and the intended audience. A garden can convey meaning through its layout, choice of plants, architectural features, sculptures, and overall ambience, making it a versatile and expressive medium for communicating a wide range of messages and stories.
1: Yeah, and uh, like we talked before, gardens can be a great way to convey messages. But they do have some limitations that can like, influence the type of narratives or symbolism that can be communicated. And like some of these limitations include uh, spatial constraints, seasonal variation, as well as like the viewer's interpretation. Uh, spatial constraints is because gardens have like finite boundaries and size limitations. And space might not be like big enough to create that complex or detailed narrative that the artist might be looking for. And while larger gardens have more extensive designs, they also require a lot of maintenance to keep like in perfect condition. And then seasonal variation, like the name implies, gardens change with the seasons, which can affect the consistency of that narrative. Certain design elements may only be effective during like certain times of the year, limiting the continuity of the message. And again, via interpretation, um, it. The interpretation of the garden message is completely subjective and varies for every person. And what the artist is trying to convey may not always be understood or felt by all the viewers, which again, limits the effectiveness of the message. And while gardens and landscapes are very versatile artistic mediums, there are some constraints like when we talked about that we always have to overcome and these the most effective garden design often require balancing artistic creativity with like practical solutions to create that space that can communicate the message clearly. And now we're talking about the garden of Stowe and the Temple of British Worthies and their historical and political context of the 18th century and how it played a significant role in shaping garden design that influenced many aspects of landscape architecture. In the case of Stowe Garden and the Temple. the omission of Queen Anne reflected the anti-Catholic and anti stuart sentiments of the time. In the early 18th century, England went under a political and religious shift. Then, in 1688, the Glorious Revolution firmly established Protestantism and constitutional monarchy in England. During this time there were strong anti Catholic and anti Stuart sentiments among the Protestant ruling class as well as the elites. The Stuart dynasty, particularly James II, had been associated with Catholicism, and their rule has been characterized by religious conflict and absolutism. And this can be seen in the design of the Garden of Stowe and other estates, which often incorporated like some sort of like political symbolism or message. Uh, the omission of Queen Stowe from the Temple of British Worthies can be seen as a reflection of their political alignment and their reluctance to associate with Stuart monarchs or any symbols of Catholicism. The Temple of British Worthies at Stowe celebrated the virtues of English historical figures, and their choice of these worthies reflected their values and principles of the Hanoverian era emphasizing on figures from like the Protestant and Whig traditions who were seen as like champions of liberty, as they would put it, and their constitutional government. This shows the significance of the omission of Queen Anne, and despite her historical significance, she was a deliberate message aligning with like their ideology of that time. And while Queen Anne was the last Stuart monarch, her reign was marked by a series of acts strengthening her Protestant succession. And the political and religious context influenced not only the choice of figures, but also the layout, architecture, and thematic design of the garden. And it embraced classical elements of landscape inspired by like poetry and symbolic features that reflected the enlightenment ideas. You already know that people interpret art in different ways. But did you know that different mediums of art elicit different types of interpretations? When it comes to gardens, viewers often conduct a visual and spatial analysis, considering like the layout, plant arrangement, and architectural elements. Moving beyond looks, gardens can be examined ecologically, focusing on plant choices, biodiversity, and sustainability in interaction with like local environments and its specific role in the ecosystem. Visitors also analyze gardens for symbolism and narrative. It's kind of like unraveling a story. They're looking for like any artistic elements embedded in like the layouts, plants, sculptures, and different architectural features. And what sets gardens apart from other art mediums is their ability to engage multiple senses, offering like emotional and sensory experiences.
0: Literary texts, on the other hand, begin with a close reading, where readers dissect language, imagery, and narrative structure. Historical and cultural context is crucial, shaping the interpretation. Each literary genre demands a specific approach. Poetry might involve rhyme and meter, while plays require attention to a dramatic structure and character interactions.
2: Paintings invite a formal analysis examining composition, color, brushwork, and perspective. Iconography and symbolism play a significant role with viewers decoding cultural and historical meanings. Understanding the art Historical context help us appreciate the artist's style and innovations.
0: We've talked about what it means to read a garden and how they can be read. But is this information still relevant today? The practice of reading a garden continues to have contemporary significance in landscape architecture and design. Modern gardens remain a powerful medium for conveying messages and narratives to viewers. And they do so in various ways. One is environmental awareness. Many modern gardens are designed to convey messages related to environmental and ecological issues. Sustainable practices, native plantings, and water conservation are common themes. These gardens aim to educate viewers about environmental challenges and the importance of conservation. Another is cultural and historical narratives. Some contemporary gardens incorporate historical and cultural narratives. They may tell the story of a particular community, celebrate cultural heritage, or honor historical events. These narratives contribute to a sense of place and identity. Community engagement is also a way. Modern community gardens are often designed with the aim of engaging the local community and fostering a sense of belonging. These gardens convey messages of shared responsibility, cooperation, and the benefits of communal spaces.
2: Further elaborating on community engagement, modern gardens can be platforms for social and political commentary. Designers use gardens to address current societal issues such as social justice, diversity, and urban planning. Installations, sculptures, and symbolic elements in these gardens can serve as powerful forms of expression. Gardens designed for wellness and healing purposes convey messages of health, well-being, and relaxation. These spaces are designed to improve mental and physical health, emphasizing the importance of self-care and a connection to nature. These are also being implemented in colleges as a way for students to de-stress after tough exams. Next, we have artistic expression. Many contemporary gardens are treated as a work of art. They incorporate innovative design, materials, and technology to convey artistic messages and evoke emotional responses. Sculptures, installations, and avant-garde landscaping contribute to artistic expression in these gardens. Now, with the rise of environmental awareness, much of nature and art have become linked. Seldom do you see a garden without an accompanying art piece that is meant to signify some deeper connection to the garden as a whole.
1: And like Melissa said, the public gardens often include an art installation that has like some underlying themes. I know the Fairchild Botanical Garden has some art installations by Dale Chihuly that helps emphasize the beauty of like the natural world through the use of glass and floral arrangements. Other gardens focus more on education and continue to be relevant in conveying messages about plant diversity, sustainability, and conservation. Like I previously stated, some thematic gardens like butterfly gardens or sedentary gardens serve as educational tools. I know at my high school we focused heavily on like environmental awareness and we had our own garden that the students grew vegetables to show how they interact with, with the environment. Some contemporary gardens are designed to reflect cultural perspectives. Artists can do this by incorporating elements from different regions, such as specific flowers that may have significance. Like in the case of the cherry blossom, it's an important symbol that may represent Japan, which can create a sense of nationalism in gardens. The main goal of these types of gardens is to promote a message of cultural exchange, inclusivity, or global interconnectedness. I know that was a lot to take in. But in short, modern gardens continue to convey messages and narratives to visitors through a variety of themes and different approaches. They serve as like a dynamic and evolving spaces that respond to contemporary issues and challenges. This then creates opportunities for artistic expression, environmental education, cultural celebration, and much more. And the practice of reading a garden is as valuable skill in our contemporary world as it ever been.
0: I want to thank you for joining us, Lena Hutchison, Melissa Murray,
1: and Teleno Okendo.
0: We really appreciate it. This concludes the Exploring Art podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon, and remember to stay curious.